Welcome everyone to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and today I have a special guest. Beth Nolan from Education Team Allies is a master IP coach, but she has a story to tell you and some action steps to give you. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Beth, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for um, having me. You're, I'm so excited to talk about these three buckets that we're going to talk about how to fill as an IEP team. But first, I want you to share with us, how did you end up at an IEP table? So I ended up at an IEP table from a bit of a roundabout way, but I started my career as a teacher and an educator of middle school children, and then moved on to work in schools in a variety of different capacities, leading to a role as the director of academic support services and running IEP meetings as an administrator. And then after some time, I went into district level leadership. And after having my first child, decided I needed a shift in my career and started consulting work and started consulting with project management and consulting on different things to make sure that groups of an organization were being heard. And it was at that point that I really started to fine tune where I felt like my voice and my experience needed to move. And I was really thinking about how to make sure that every voice was always heard. And it led me to find the Master IEP Coach Network uh, because I really wanted to make sure as I reflected on my career to make sure that every family's voice was heard around the IEP table. And I've had experience at that table as a parent, as a teacher, and as an administrator. And I really think that it's important that parents' voices are lifted up and that they feel like they're an active participant in that conversation. And I love that perspective. So I want everybody, as you're listening, two things. Remember that the perspective that Beth is giving you is from all sides of the table. She knows what works and what doesn't work. So if you find yourself saying in your head, that would never work with my IEP team, mm, be a little open-minded because it just might. The second thing is, is that at any time you're like, I need to talk to Beth. I want to make sure that, you know, we'll have her website here in the show notes and you can also um, hop over to her website. We'll talk about her website um, at the end here. And you can always find her at myiepcoach.com too. You can hop over there. There's a form to fill out and you can speak directly to Beth. Um, she is active inside of our Master IP Coach Network and making these connections happen. This is real world, guys. This is not just philosophy. This isn't just wishful thinking. This is the real stuff that it takes to make special education work. So Beth, when you and I chatted about what should we tell our listeners, you said, I've got this thing I've been teaching. And it's these three buckets. So you'll just give us a bit of an overview of what are you talking about? Yep. So, um, Catherine, I'm talking about, and it's interesting because when I started to think about this whole process of what we are, many of us are now in, which is virtual learning, I started to think about, you know, what we're doing during the learning. But then in my head, as someone who's constantly reflecting and trying to improve my practice, um, both with families and in my own home, because Lord knows that things don't go right every day here, I started to think about what we can do to leverage that after school time. And in thinking about that, I developed this idea of having three buckets of areas we really can be working on once we We've closed the book on the day and are starting fresh and thinking about the next day. And so 
those three buckets I like to think about are what we can do for our child, what we can do to help and support the teacher, because that constant communication and collaboration is so integral in making sure that virtual and hybrid learning is working. And then also as the caregiver, what we can do for ourselves. And I know some families are um, relying on um, support from others to do the online learning, and that's great. And we all need to be thinking about that third bucket. Whether it's us directly giving the service or there's somebody else helping to support our family. So those are the three buckets and they really kind of drill down into kind of some specific support. And it's one of those things that I think is really important in making sure that we holistically support the learning as we move from day to day. So that first bucket is about our child. We always put our kids first, right? And we want to make sure that our child in that time that they're no longer on that whatever format your school district is using, they have time to kind of get back to themselves and be able to reset for the next day. So I like to think about the first thing before doing anything else is talking to our child or uh, helping our child to communicate in some way, whatever form of communication they use, what was one thing that made them smile during the day. So just starting with that positive and then thinking about as the caregiver, how can we, as we've got our child thinking about that positive thing, and it can be big, it can be small. Like some of those small things that make kids smile, it might be that they literally found the button that said smile. And that is a huge win. And that's what we need to celebrate. Um, but for some others, it might be bigger things. Like maybe they answered the whole problem right in front of the whole entire class. And that's awesome too. But whatever it is, we need to start with a celebration. And then we need to make sure our child gets some rest. And I like to think of rest as an acronym. And in my head, that rest acronym means to release, to explore, to have some social interactions and to try new things. Now, all of the rest steps don't happen every day. Um, but I think as someone who is working with elementary school children in my own home, and who, as someone who works with a lot of elementary school children that I work with their families, this idea of thinking about release, exploration, social interactions, and trying new things helps as a caregiver or a provider to think about how do I support this child? Can and I just say that yeah. trying new things, I love that idea. The getting creative in your day, we are all under so much pressure and the students are under so much pressure. And you know, we're not talking about try new things like try logging on to this new platform that kicks you off the Zoom meeting three times and you can't get into, the, you know, all of it. But how about let's try something in a preferred area that could give a different sense of joy and accomplishment. I love that. Like, I'm going to take that home to my own kids who are teenagers and say, you know what? It's time for us to go try something new. We need to get out of this rut that we've been in of just getting by. Yep. And, and the thing that I like to think about when I'm thinking about trying new things and like simple is best, right? So in trying new things, it might be that you walk the opposite way on your walk because you know what happens when you walk the opposite way on your walk, you see new things. Like I always find that when I do this with my kids, it's like, wait a second, has that 
decoration been there the whole time? I didn't notice it. Like, and in our neighborhood right now, there's a lot of Halloween decorations just because it's that time of year. And so they're like, wait a second, where did that come from? And we realized that it's probably been there the whole time, but we just tried a new way to walk that walk. And if you're pushing or where, however you're doing, scooting, riding a bike, it's just go a different direction and it's my, a new thing you're going to see. But I think the other thing too that um, I've used with my own kids is that we, we're big on bubbles here. Um, and as much as they probably wouldn't like to admit it, they love it. It's pure joy. Who doesn't love bubbles? Um, and when you're trying new things, literally the, the thing that we like the best is we have a huge bin of um, something. I probably got a, a dollar store or Target or something. Um, and it was with lots of different wands, which we all gravitate to the same wand, right? You find one that works, you keep doing it. Well, we put them all to the side and just picked another one out. And it was so much fun to see the new shapes, to see the new things. I am not by, I know we've got a lot on our plate. I don't want us to be out Pinteresting and finding things that look like they're going to be like, an, like baking soda involved colored. No, like simple, keep it simple and find something that might bring joy because it's something new that you did. And that's, and that gets to this essence that I think is really important for the child, which is rest. We really need to give children time to have that release, to be able to decompress because on it, we know it's hard. And starting with that win is really important too, because we think that that really helps to, you know, maybe make it want to, you want to go to the next day. So. Yeah, I love that. I'm like, okay, so now we're smiling and we're resting. Like I'm all in. What else have you got for us? I'm ready. <laughs> sure, sure. So the second bucket that I think about, um, and I think I think about it in the middle, just because it's sandwiched in between the kind of what two that are really important, and this one's also really important. And I think Catherine, as master IEP coaches, we know that that constant line of communication with our providers is essential to being able to get further faster with our children. And so the middle bucket is for your child's teacher and providers. And one of the things that I think about often is how the how our role as caregivers and educators in this hybrid or virtual learning has shifted so much, but how lucky we are now to see firsthand what works and what doesn't work. But because we see it firsthand, we need to provide that information to our child's teacher. Don't hold that back. That's kind of the second bucket is being that constant communication. Often our IEPs include homeschool communication and that communication is coming to us. Well, now in this cycle, it's really important that we push that communication out to the team because they're not going to know all of the intricacies that we know be providing this virtual learning for our children. And so in this, making sure there is open communication, making sure it's consistent, and also making sure that you're not, that you're sending it via email so that you can also kind of make sure you have record of the fact that th what is happening and where the wins are and where the things are that we need to be working on. Um, and I think that that is so important as a former teacher. Like if I wasn't 
instructing or being the person watching a child engage with learning, there'd be no way for me really to know how to change my craft as an educator. And I know that teachers want to be able to get better at this. Um, it is right now a lot of trial and error. We've never done learning this way. Um, and or we haven't done it this way at this scale, I think is probably the best way to put it. As someone who I, I have taught online for a number of years, but I never taught online at this scale. And I think we really need to think about the fact that this is a little bit of trial and error and some things are not gonna work. And it's okay for us to tell the team that. It's also okay for us to say to our children, that didn't work. And I'm gonna make sure that your teacher knows it didn't work and hopefully we can get better at it tomorrow. Um, but making sure oh, that wait, that constant- wait, wait. I want everybody to hear that, that it's okay to tell the students that it didn't work. It's okay to have that communication and say, ah, mistake, get up and try again. I'm seeing so many parents and educators, you know, we're all kind of doing that fake it till you make it kind of thing through this, you know, hybrid learning, virtual learning, whatever's going on. Um, or even if you're on campus and you're navigating, you know, social distancing and new rules and masks and all the things, and everybody's trying to get it perfect and then they're trying to hide their mistakes and it's causing this like pressure cooker of stress. I'm watching, you know, teachers on Instagram like beating themselves up because they're making all these plans and it's not working and they like like they hope the students and the parents are okay with the mistakes they made and I'm thinking, my goodness, they're excited that you tried. They're uh, they're absolutely okay that it didn't work because you know it, you're admitting it, and you're ready to move on and try something different. That's a great thing. That that constant level of reflection and improvement is so important. And when I worked with teachers, one of the things that I would ask them not was like what went really well, but what totally flopped, and how how did you learn from that? Not how did you do it again? I want to know what you did differently the next day to make sure that you engaged all your learners. Like, so if it didn't work and you watched 30 third graders go in 30 different directions, that's great. Now tell me how you're going to get them all to come back and go in one direction. But let's learn from that. And I think as as we are reflective practitioners, as we're it's it's hard though, right? That is hard. When you feel like there are more days that they're going in 30 different directions than in one, it's hard. And it's okay to say it's hard and it's okay to say I'm trying and it didn't work. It is not okay to just keep doing it the same way every day. Um, and that's the big piece that that communication that you have as a parent with your teacher is going to help. And it's also going to help you to say like, you know, we really tried this five different ways. We're still not getting it. What else can we do to try to figure out how is there a support we could put in place? Do we need a process chart? Do we need a checklist? Do we need something else? But we can't just keep doing it the same way and think we're going to get a different result. Absolutely. And I want to say that the parents who are listening to this, we're like, our listeners right now are like 50% teachers, educators, you know, therapists, kind of on that, you know, paid by the school district side of things in some way. And then 50% parents. And parents, I'm going to tell you from teacher experience, when I was a brand new teacher, I had several parents basically say, and I'll just summarize 
um, here. Uh, hey, it's okay when things don't work out. It's not okay to lie about it. And it's, this is how like, this was their parent intro to me. Like I hadn't even started teaching. This was like the beginning, like because their kids were in second grade, they were, they had more experience in the, you know, system professionally than I did as a brand new teacher. And, and they had been lied to in the past and they had been in that kind of fake it till you make it and the teacher not admitting when things weren't going wrong. And they were just like, listen, you tell us the truth. We are on your side. We will come with you on this journey. Just, it is okay. And oh my goodness, I felt so powerful as a teacher that I didn't have to be perfect because I knew if I said to the parents, like, listen, I have tried this book, this book, this book, this like, okay. This is not working. Do you have suggestions? What is your child asking for at Target? Like, what are they interested in? How can I connect with them? Because my ideas are not working right now. And yeah. it was so welcome. So parents give that direct communication to the teacher of it is okay. And I am on your side and let's do this. Exactly. And I think that's when you start to see the growth of both the teacher and the child is when you really have that open, constant communication that you feel like you are able to go forward to get better results. And as a teacher who doesn't want to see the smiling faces of their children, their students on the other end of a whatever they are, if they're remote or virtual and, and wearing masks, they want to see the essence of that light bulb going off and them being able to move a child forward. Absolutely. All right. What else you got for us? So the last bucket, and, and I think we often as parents put ourselves last, and I don't mean to put this bucket last, but um, it is for the care, it is for the caregiver, the parent, the person who is facilitating learning, um, whether that is at home, however that's happening. Um, but one of the things that is really important, and I think we can all go back to literature that's been written about filling our own buckets. But at this time and this place where we are so much um, giving of everything um, out in a different direction to other people, we just talked about talking to our child's instructors and providers and talking to our child, we need to take time for ourselves. Um, and we need to really make sure that our bucket is filled. Um, and this doesn't have to be huge. This um, can take many forms and shapes. It might be that uh, you decide to join the Master IEP Coach Network and you get information there as a part of the support. And that might be part of you filling your bucket. Um, you also might decide that like you need to take that walk in a different direction without anyone filling, following behind you. Um, and at any time, I find myself right now that I get up at the crack of dawn because if I didn't, I wouldn't get the things I need for myself in. Um, and that makes me a better person. It makes me a better person. Um, a better person for everyone who has to interact with me um, and and really making sure that you take that time for yourself. Um, even if it's that you like lock yourself in the bathroom for 15 minutes so you have your coffee while it's still hot, That these are all fine things and it just is something you need to make sure to remind yourself uh, to do. I will tell you that today um, because I have a jam-packed day 
we're recording podcasts, we're doing things with the Master IEP Coach um, Network. And I know, Beth, you mentioned that. So thank you for, for bringing that up. That, yeah, Master IEP Coach Mentorship and Network can be part of self-care, of deciding that you're not going to do it by yourself anymore, for sure. So um, if you're hearing this and you're like, okay, then it feels like a win-win because I feel like I'm doing something for my child, but I know that I'm doing something for myself. Or for teachers, I'm doing something for my students, but I'm doing something for myself because I'm deciding not to do it alone. So that's at Master masteriepcoach.com. But the fill in my bucket today, this is how easy it was. I found up in the coffee cabinet um, some salted hot cocoa mix. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put that in my coffee today and I'm going to make myself a little homemade mocha and then I'm going to move on. It didn't take me anything else, but you know what? My coffee is just a little bit sweeter today. And that was just a way of taking care of me and making a reminder to myself that it's okay to have some treats, whether it's reading a book or making a special coffee or whatever it is. Exactly. And that's, and that's it. It can be big. It can be small. It can be like take two minutes, but it's just important that you do it every day. You have to find something that you do every day that is just for you. Um, and I think the other thing that's really important to remind ourselves as we're going through this unprecedented time is that we are doing the best we can, and that is all we can do. And so whether or not that means that you made it to have an hour and a half long walk where you listen to your podcast or you listen to your book, or if it meant that you got the, you found the, the new um, sweetener for, for your coffee, whatever it is, you are doing it the best way you can. And that is all you can be expected to do. And I think that that is really, really important. And, um, there's an article in the New York Times uh, that came out in uh, in November, or actually, I guess it was out in September. Um, and I don't know, Catherine, if you remember Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. Yeah, yeah. So this article is all about finding your inner Miss Frizzle, um, and my kids. I, I was surprised that the magic schoolhouse came back like in a vent, vengeance, like there's a whole new level of Miss Frizzle. Um, but this article reminds us all that our inner Miss Frizzle is the best that we've got. And she's going to take our kids to wherever they get to go. And you know what? It's going to be magical no matter what. And some days that magic might mean that everybody in the house got out of their pajamas and that is fine. And <laughs> Some days that magic might mean that not only are we dressed, we went on a walk and we sat through the entire day of school without any tears. It's all what the best that we can do. And I think that that is one of the things that I always remind families is that you're doing the best you possibly can. And we like, even if you feel like that best is not much it is the best of what you've got. And you have got to remember that that is what your child needs. And it's going to look different every day. But if we take time to think about after we finish school, we have these three things that are really important that we make sure we somehow touch big or small. But we ha I find, feel very compelled to say we have to think about how do we ensure our child gets some rest? How do we ensure that we are communicating with our school and our providers? And how do we make sure that we're doing something for ourselves? Um, because without those three things, this is going to be really hard. And it's really hard even with those three things. But it's really important to make sure we focus 
on trying to touch those buckets every day after after whatever school looks like for your house and your family. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people are thinking, you know, how does this help my IEP? I'm telling you, okay, I've got decades of experience in the field. Beth has decades of experience in the field. We've sat on so many different sides of the IEP table. And when I invited her here, she said, this is what I want to talk about. Because the other stuff, the reaching the goals and taking the data, and we talk about that stuff all the time. And and it's absolutely 100%. That is what is mandated to happen. That's what needs to happen. That's where the push needs to go. But you cannot get to those things, at least not consistently and not long term, if you're not doing these other things. If you're not doing the holistic approach of taking care of the IEP team, the concrete stuff does not get produced at the level that it could. So when everybody's hard on themselves, like, well, you know, my classroom didn't go right and mom's feeling burnt out and she couldn't get the, you know, special sweetener for her coffee and she couldn't even get that done today. It's like slow down and, and restart. And I promise you, you get those things done. The other stuff comes because then you're ready for it. I want that's exactly it, Catherine. Like we and um, this is part of a bigger picture that I worked on with a, a team of people. Um, and I think that this is one part to it, but it's a really important part. Um, we can't get through before school and during school if we don't think about how we purposefully use that after school time. Um, and all of these pieces help us to make sure that we really know our child so we can make sure whatever plan is put in place is one that's really going to help to support them and their needs. All these things can find, lead to things that may eventually go into an IEP. But if we don't take that time to listen to ourselves, to listen to our children, and to listen to their providers, we're not going to get anywhere um, with those very focused conversations when the team meets. As um, I love that. And I love that. And we're going to, we'll, we'll wrap, because here's the thing. This is what I say. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to wrap it up on this note because you and I, I'm going to almost lead into another conversation and we could talk a whole lot about this. But everything that you just talked about are absolutely skills that can prepare a child for further education, employment, and independent learning, uh, independent living. So here, let's just, let, let's go ahead and show everybody here how this wraps around. So the entire purpose of an IEP is to provide an appropriate education to meet a child's unique needs and to prepare them for further education, employment, independent living. All of these things of being able to communicate, being able to um, you know, stand back up after your mistakes, being able to take care of yourself and make sure that you're resting and you're smiling. And you have to, we all want these things. And if we want these things, then we need to do these things now. And then we can integrate them in to an IEP skill. That's great if we get to that next level of math. That's 100% important. Love that. But if we get there on a burnout kind of uh, mentality, it's it's not going to stick. We're not going to apply it in the way we need to. So, um, all right, let's talk about, uh, Beth, where can people reach you directly? So directly they can reach me at www.educationteamallies.com or info at Education Team Allies, direct link right to me. Um, but they can also find me through you, Catherine, as well. 
Yeah. So um, we have an entire master IP coach network that Beth is a part of. And at myiepcoach.com, you'll see everybody listed, but you'll also see a form where you can say, I need to talk to a master IP coach. And you can just say, I heard Beth on the podcast. How do I get in touch with her? And we will directly forward that to Beth and make sure that you get connected. Again, if you are thinking, well, goodness, I need to be surrounded with people like Beth and I need to to really restructure, refocus, and get going, especially as we launch into this next phase of education, whatever this next season is, it's going to be so important to be surrounded by like-minded people. And again, you can come be surrounded as one of us in the Master IEP Coach Network by going to masteriepcoach.com. I'm so excited that you brought this perspective today, Beth. Thank you so much for really bringing a light to an issue that a lot of times I think we talk about on a surface level, but we don't really talk about how to get it done in the special needs community. How we fill these buckets in our special education and our special needs community is so different than um, somebody who may not have the same challenges that we are facing, especially during this time. So thank you so much for bringing those to us. Thank you for having me, Catherine. Oh, you're very welcome. And you guys, don't forget to head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Just go ahead and look for the Special Education Inner Circle podcast. Hit subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Leave a couple of kind words because what that does is it tells wherever you listen to podcasts, it says, yes, we want more parents and teachers to find this information. So head on over to where you listen to podcasts and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next time.